Well, welcome everyone to the Robin Walters Show. God bless you today. As always, got a lot to fit in. Uh, just want to encourage people, if you have a comment, question, criticism, whatever, lay it on me at Red Sky Radio 777 at gmail.com. Red Sky Radio 777 at gmail.com. I've got some good news. They aren't huge items, but they're kind of fun and good items because I'm searching for some good stuff. I don't want to have all negative stuff. Um going to have a kind of a bumpy landing at the end of the program, but out of California, having nothing to do with Gavin Gruesome, but a federal judge appointed by Joe Biden. This is amazing. Who struck down um, a bill that Gruesome signed the anti-gun, the Second Amendment-hating state of California had passed a bill that would hold gun manufacturers responsible for making abnormally dangerous firearms, whatever that means. Well, obviously, the uh, somewhat dormant Interstate Commerce Clause kicked in here and said, no, you can't do this because it interferes with interstate commerce. And it also has some other problems. It violates the recent Supreme Court case involving New York State Rifle and Gun Association. The Supreme Court ruled on. But this judge struck it down for actually several reasons. I do not think that it's going to hold up uh, the bill. I think the rejection will hold up. And... um, That's good news because California is trying to do something that's ridiculous that this gun's abnormally dangerous. Why? Well, because it kills people. Well, what's a gun supposed to do? It's supposed to protect you. And if that involves killing people, so be it. That's what its design is, is for protection. Can it be abused? Of course it can be. But, you know, this would be like, all right, suing Ford Motor Company. Because they make a big honking engine to put in the Mustang GT or something. And the person's tearing down the road and kills some people. Well, that car was only designed to go faster than the speed limit. Every car can go faster than the speed limit, right? So are those things designed? Are they abnormally dangerous because they can go faster than the speed limit and kill people in the process? So then you can just, you can sue Ford. How about the Muslim guy that drove the bus through a whole bunch of people in, uh, where was it, France or something? And then, there, and then it happened, I think, in New York. Yes, it did happen in New York. So are you going to sue the bus manufacturer because the bus has the ability? And it's abnormally dangerous because of its ability to go into a crowd and mow down hundreds of people? Look, buses don't kill people. Guns don't kill people. Ford Mustang GTs don't kill people. People kill people. But that's beyond the comprehension of Gavin Greaseball Gruesome, who just loves anything that will restrict people's freedom 
And uh, oh gosh, you know what? I don't want to get get going on him. I, I I can't stand the guy. He's the one person I cannot pray for. I'm sorry, I can't. I think it, it's a John, a First John situation where I, I where God says, you know, there are some people you don't you don't need to pray for. He fits it. Okay, next one. You know about this is the great botched Google AI deal where you ask for a picture of George Washington and it's a black guy that comes out and then you ask for Christopher Columbus and it's a black guy and you ask for a pope picture of the pope and it's a black woman. Um, it's so, Their wokeness is so obvious. And they're saying, well, it's going to take a while to fix. No, it won't. They just have these these prompts in the system that will simply not allow for white males, for starters. And I love the embarrassment. I love the fact that Google stock went down, what, $90 billion as a result of this completely. They say it's a blown foray into AI, the Google Gemini AI system. They say they, they, they messed it up. No, it's worse than a mistake. It's a political embarrassment. Google sucks. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't even use them as a search engine. I use DuckDuckGo. That's how bad they are. I, you know, am I being tracked on DuckDuckGo even though they say you don't get tracked? How do I know? Guess you'll find out someday when there's a knock at your door, right? Next piece of good news. This one, um, <laughs> it's because I had, well, I, I have no reason to believe that this bill that has been introduced in Georgia is because I have people in Georgia that listen to Red Sky Radio and the Robin Walter Show. When I said, I, when I said this three years ago, it was the Red Sky Radio. And now we've just kind of rebranded it a bit. But I have pushed this, and now I see that there is somebody in Georgia, a legislator, who's come up with what I was suggesting three years ago, and that being that it, the property owner, the commercial property owner that prohibits the lawful carrying of a firearm into their commercial environment, if that person is then subsequently injured, hurt, killed, as a result of an unlawful use of a firearm, i.e. somebody comes in to rob the place, just shoot the place up, what have you, and there was a, a reasonable opportunity for that person to defend himself and others by the use of the firearm from for which they were prohibited from being able to use, then that family, the deceased heirs, or that party himself, or the party is injured, survives whatever went on in that restaurant or whatever it is, gets to sue the property owner. I had said this three years ago in a, in a list of the pieces of legislation that I would introduce if I were to run for the Arizona uh, House of Representatives. I couldn't do that at the time because I had not lived in the state quite long enough to run. Now, uh, anyway, that was it. And I'm just thrilled to see this. But I talked about it on the air. And it's a great idea. I really do. I don't take credit for it. I feel like my bad ideas are my own. The good ideas are from God. 
The bad ideas are my flesh. The good ideas are the Holy Spirit's. So what do you think? I think it's, you know, if you can lawfully carry, but you're prohibited because the place doesn't want a lawful carrying uh, patron in their premises, but then all hell breaks loose, so to speak, in there because somebody who couldn't give a rip about what the owner is requiring or demands that you not bring guns in there, just does it because that's what a criminal does. A criminal violates laws and orders and so forth. And you could defend other people, uh, and then most notably yourself and your spouse and maybe your kids, and you get hurt, you get to sue them. I think it's a great idea. And if I do run for office in Arizona, it will be one of the first bills I will introduce. Now, that's, uh, okay, so I was stretching the good news today. I get it. They were all kind of a stretch. It was just the best that I could do. But now we move on to some political stuff, which um, I want to do a defense. You're not going to believe this. I'm going to do a defense of Joe Biden in one respect. Joey, no brains. I'm your left-wing puppet, Joey Corn Pop Biden. Yep. Joey is not too old. I am tired of conservative pundits, whether it's Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, I don't know, go right on over into Newsmax, talking about how Joe Biden is too old. He is not too old. He's too stupid, but he's not too old. You've got to distinguish between age and in, uh, incompetence. Age does not mean that you are too old to do uh, mentally task orders and things of your, of, that you've been charged to, to do. No. I mean, Donald Trump is sharp as a tack. He only gets three hours of sleep at a crack, and he's only four years younger than Joey No-Brains. Joey No-Brains is, jo- is Joey No-Brains. Why do I say that? Because he's got no brains. But it's not because of his age. People keep making that issue, and it really, really bothers me. Yes, he's brain dead. Yes, he needs a couple of fresh AAA batteries every time he gets up to speak and pop them in his head so his mouth can run for 15 minutes without getting all screwed up. But no one is actually really too old for anything mental. And maybe most things physical. Now, am I saying this just because I'm getting older? No. Abraham was 99, right? It's talked about. He was 99 years old. He said he didn't consider his body now dead, but he impregnated Sarah. He a man, right? He a man. Well, okay, God gave him that ability, but what's wrong with God giving you physical ability? And he went on to have five more kids. Yeah, the last one was born when he was 127. Okay, so... I could talk about diet. I could talk about exercise. I could talk talk about physical fitness. You know, I still do bicep curls and push-ups and all those things, and I just want to be as fit as I can. I eat reasonably well, though I rushed out last night because I had an emergency need 
for a skillet-cooked large chocolate chip cookie covered with ice cream and whipped cream. I only do that about once every two or three months. But hey, what the hey, I can handle that, right? Well, I want to just share something to make this point and encourage everybody who is aging, which means who? Everybody, because we're all aging. I understand the medical statistics. Do you want to, you want a bummer here? I got to just throw it, but you don't have to receive it as though you're incapacitated. Your spine begins its degenerative process when you're 29. Now, when I turned 29 and then I hit 30, did I, did I have problems right away? Of course I did not. I kept doing all the things I did, but the first time I read that your degenerative process began in your spine at age 29, it was only 10 minutes later and I had a backache. Psychosomatic, obviously. But the fact of the matter is, uh, well, we talked about Caleb in Scripture. He was 85, and it said he was the same fitness as he was when he was 40, 45. Uh, one of those two ages. 40 years did not do anything with him. Moses began his ministry at age 80, died when he was 120. 40 years in Egypt, 40 years in the desert, and then 40 years leading Israel. He died when he was 120. Was he physically fit? Well, how fit do you have to be to cross the Sinai Peninsula? Pretty doggone fit. You see, Alzheimer's, dementia, and those things are not inevitable. And I have to say this, sadly. I know a person, and she's a friend. She's a good friend. Who has Alzheimer's at 60? There's a dementia setting, and it's terrible. I've read of people who have it at 40, and I know of people who at 90 who are as sharp as a tack. So Joe Biden is not unfit for office because he's too old. He's just too dumb, and he's too evil. But you know what? This is important enough. I tack, I got to tack this on. I was working on a matter. No, it's been a few years, five or six years. I was working on a legal matter. I came across a document that the intent of the document was a little bit fuzzy. And I saw the name of the attorney and the law firm that had generated the document. And it was an L.A. law firm. And uh, and it was dated in 1968. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> that's a long time ago, right? I thought, boy, what I wouldn't give to be able to talk to this lawyer to ask him, what did you mean? Do you remember this? Well, okay, it's 50-plus years ago. I said, I mean, I'm sure he's dead, but if he's not, he's certainly retired. I called the law firm in L.A., and I said, I've got this document drafted by so-and-so, and I was wondering if there are anybody who has succeeded him in his practice that could pull out this document, however you have it filed, because I need to discuss it with them. And they said, well, why don't you just talk to the man who drafted it? And I said, what? Oh, well, yeah, he's right here in the office. You're kidding me. No, no. I'll put him, let me see if he's got time. He gets on the line. He's 94 years old. 
He's practicing law, sharp as a tack, because he continues to use his mind. He didn't go veg out on TV uh, and retired. And then he interrupted me and said, you know, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to cut this short. I hope you've got your answer, but i got to be in court in 15 minutes. Oh, my gosh, you got to love it. I thought, boy, oh, boy. Hey, I'm good for who knows. A whole bunch of decades, maybe. I hope so. But there is another point to this whole thing. The fact is, what can we conclude about Joe Biden's campaign and his gross incompetence? Non-compass, mentis. He does, it's, he's not there. What we can conclude is that he is a severe elder abuse victim. He has been severely abused. And there's two possibilities here. One, Jill Biden. Jill, Dr. Jill Biden. I can almost hear Rush Limbaugh saying that, right? I can't do it like he could, Dr. Jill. Well, she's not Dr. Jill Biden. She's at best Dr. Strangelove. Because it's all about Jill. She loves being First Lady. She's not like Rosalind Carter and uh, I forgot um, a couple of other notable First Ladies who hated Washington, D.C. Hated it. They wanted to go back to Plains, Georgia, in case of Rosalind. And then there was, uh, oh, I forgot who it was, want to go back to Missouri. I don't blame them. Who wants to live in a swamp? But Dr. Jill loves it there. She is pushing him. And the other one, uh, hmm, just who could that be? Well, maybe it's the puppet master himself, Barack Hussein Obama, who has been abusing him. And whether the abuse is run its course because he's no longer even a useful idiot, um, we'll see where that goes. But I saw a little clip. I think I want to thank one of our listeners, faithful listener in Central California, who sent me a clip of uh, a piece by on the Blaze uh, from the Blaze and uh, from, with Glenn Beck. And there was a clip in there that I saw that I had forgotten about, and it's a clip of an interviewer uh, asking uh, Obama whether he wished that he could uh, run for a third term. And his answer was amazing and telling. And he smirked and slithered around like he was wont to do. And he said, well, no, not really. He said, I think I'm better, more useful. My better position is to be in the background and kind of control or manipulate or incite or incentivize. Do my work in the shadows is what he was saying. He didn't say shadows. Do my work from the background. Is that why he picked Joe Biden? Because he knew that if he could get Joe elected after he was done, he could control this moron? Maybe so. I don't know. Okay. Now, moving on to something else political. Uh, and this needs to be shared. The it, it, there's a There's a complaint that keeps popping up Every time Donald Trump wins a primary, every single time. And what is it? You know, the mainstream media are such a bunch of suckers. 
and you can just hear them using the same words and and um whether it's existential threat they use that there, saving democracy and you can flip through the channels and everybody it's like this one script goes out from George or Alex Soros through Obama and then it heads to the media and they all just read the same stupid script and this one though is reading that Donald Trump has not been successful in expanding his base. Now that's a little more precise in saving democracy or throwing out existential threat and all these kind of things where people try to sound really, really sophisticated and articulate, even erudite, and all they are just a pack of talking heads. Well, this is a little more specific in its use. Donald Trump is not expanding his base. And then they go on to talk about most of his voters are not college educated. Well, if you look at the state of colleges this, these days, whether it's Harvard on down, that may be a compliment. Maybe the smarter people are saying to Chuck you, uh school, why should I waste money, go into debt for a useless degree from some woke DEI piece of crap school like Harvard? Or we could list a whole bunch of others. I understand you want a medical degree, law degree, dental, some of those things, engineering. It's pretty hard to do that on self-study. I get that. But that's not the great majority of college degrees that are awarded. So the complaint, Donald isn't expanding his base. Well, I'm here to tell you that Donald Trump is expanding is Donald Trump's base is expanding it. But Donald Trump isn't the one doing it. He's not. He's not really expanding his base, but there is somebody who is, in fact, expanding Donald's base. And it happens to be Joe Biden. He is the one who is expanding Trump's base. And he's doing it through a whole bunch of ways, but most recently, most telling, is all the illegal immigration. Whether it's a situation involving uh, the nursing student in Georgia, I uh, can't think of her name here all of a sudden, but um, uh, Lakin, and I can't think of her last name. Uh, but it just kind of goes right down the line I mean, I, I, I was going to do it today. I, I didn't put it in my stack of stuff to cover. Just run down the list of all the people who have been killed, maimed, raped, or uh, children who have been uh, the uh, uh, victims of a pedophile uh, as a result of illegal immigration. I don't have to do it. I've got other things. Eric Adams, looking for a brain transplant himself, the mayor of New York City, he is now looking at rescinding the designation of New York City as a sanctuary city. He didn't like it anymore. He, he shot off his big mouth. He got what his big mouth asked for, and now he can't handle it. New Yorkers can't handle it. They can't handle the subway crime. They can't handle all the bad crap that's happened, coincidentally, with the day that Joey No Brains Biden got sworn in. It began. Denver. 
city workers who are having their pay reduced or catch this. They're having their they're saying you're still employed. It's just that we don't have any work hours for you this week. They're reducing city work hours of a whole bunch of people to zero. Dead zero. Why? Because otherwise they will not have enough money to care for and pay for the feeding and housing of all the illegals that are in Denver. Chicago, where kids are getting booted from classrooms at midday to make for the illegals. Arizona, where even Katie, another no-brainer, Hobbs, the governor, is saying, oh, Biden, Mr. President, you got to do something about this. With the illegals running amok in different places in Phoenix, now Hobbs is saying, we need to shoot some of these people off to unsuspecting rural and small towns in Arizona. Do you think this is getting people to want to vote for Joe Biden? When the only one who's controlled the border effectively in the last 20 years has been Donald Trump. Go to L.A. Where people are leaving like crazy because of the homeless and the crime and the illegals. You got the homeless people that are moving into vacant homes in Hollywood Hills. Oh my gosh, you just go right down the line. You, in every single sanctuary city, you have got people thinking, though they won't admit it, they don't have the guts to admit it, but they're thinking, we screwed up voting for Joe Biden. Now, if Gavin Greaseball Grusom drop gets parachuted in or Michelle Obama, they still probably won't vote for Trump. But if Biden is, is, the, is actually the candidate, which I'm sure he will not be, these are people who will publicly denounce and trounce Donald Trump. But secretly, when they get in that voting booth, they're going to be pulling a red lever. They may hate Trump. But they hate what they're having to put up with, what their kids are having to put up with, not having classes, losing classrooms, uh, the people that got bounced out of an, a retirement home, people that were there 20 and 25 years to make room for illegals. Do you think that there are more people going to vote Republican in New York, Chicago, Denver, Phoenix, Portland? Maybe it won't be enough to turn some of those states to red. But I've got to tell you, this campaign in Chicago, it's all black, and they're all pushing Trump. So dump the chump who is Biden. That's not what it's called. I just made that up. Dump the chump. That's not what it's called. But they are encouraging people to go red. They're encouraging blacks to vote for Trump. You want to save our city? You want to save our jobs? You want to be competing against illegals that are under the table cash? recipients probably getting five or ten bucks an hour, but they're also getting a ton of money from the various governments. Joe Biden. Joe Biden is actually Donald Trump's campaign manager. He just doesn't know it. He is single-handedly, and the Democrats behind who have overplayed their hand, 
okay, let's flood this country with 7 million illegals, part of the Cloward-Piven strategy. Some of them are going to vote illegally, but in any event, they're going to place such an unreasonable financial demand upon this capitalistic society that we will bring down America. We'll bring it down. Maybe they've overplayed their hand. Maybe the country will be toast before November. It certainly could be. And maybe there is, it's impossible for Donald Trump to fix. Maybe. It's easy. Cut them off at the knees financially. Every government bureaucrat gets a 75% pay cut. Hmm, how about that? No money for illegals. No, you want to pay for them in Chicago, go ahead and pay for them. You don't get reimbursed from us. You see, Joe Biden may be doing for Donald Trump what Barack Obama did for gun sales. I mean, Barack Hussein was gun salesman of the year, I think eight years in a row. The more he talked about gun violence and wanting gun control, the more people went out and bought guns and stocked up. Maybe this is what Joey No Brains is doing as campaign chairman for Donald Trump. Ooh, think about it. We'll be right back. This is Robin Walter with The Robin Walter Show. Don't go away. The Robin Walter Show is a listener-supported program. Your contribution goes to help as many people as possible to hear that the Word of God has answers to help you survive and even thrive in the dark days ahead in this country. We pledge to bring you the critical information you need to make informed decisions in this age where big tech and big media have conspired to rid our country of everything Christian. Please send your support to... Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Thank you. Have you heard the story of the hot rod race with the Fords and Lincolns was set in the pace. That story is true, I'm here to say I was driving that Model A. It's got a Lincoln motor and it's really souped up. That Model A body makes it look like a pup. It's got eight cylinders and uses them all. It's got overdrive, just won't stall. We are back. This is Robin Walter with the Robin Walter Show. Um... I have fun picking out the music. And, you know, but I was listening to that uh, solicitation that a granddaughter of mine does. Got a lot of granddaughters, and they're all competing to be on the program now. Um, it just becomes more and more true all the time. The, the extent, the intensity, the frequency, the consistency of the attacks on Christianity in this country and when that I wrote that thing a long time ago about uh, coming against all things Christian, and it really is true, which we're going to cover in the, toward the end of the program. But before we leave the political arena, I gotta I gotta cover a little bit more of uh, Nikki Haley. 
Oh, my. I want to just, hopefully this is the last program I have to do or say anything about her. But what I have to say is actually, I think, pretty important, or else I wouldn't be saying it. But first of all, she was disqualified from the get-go, and I just need to state that when she said that she would never run against Donald Trump for president, which you've heard this, she revealed a character flaw. Actually, well, it's one of two character flaws. Either she's a liar and she just flat out lied, which means she's disqualified right away. You lied. I'll never run again. I never run against Donald Trump. And she runs. Well, she's a liar. But if she actually meant that at the time she said that, I'm going to give her a little bit of cut her a little slack here. If she actually meant what she said at that time, but then changed her mind, she wouldn't be a liar, but she would be untrustworthy. She'd be hypocritical. We don't like hypocrites, do we? Jesus sure didn't like hypocrites. It's harder on them than anybody else. No, she'd be un- she's unreliable, untrustworthy. You cannot count on her. That's a, there's many scriptures that deal with an untrustworthy servant. They're like a broken tooth and uh, some other things from Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. So, but what's she going to do here? She's gone down in flames. Um, obviously, the no, the no labels party, the third party that wants somebody that's not a Democrat or Republican, want her to run on the no parties label. I don't think she'll do that, but I don't know. Clearly, Biden and the Democrats want a third party, hopefully with a rhino like Haley at the top of the ticket, which then, of course, would take votes away from Trump. Um. Because Biden is in a fair fight, a fair fight, a fair election. No way can Biden beat Trump. No way. But I don't think he'll be on the ticket, like I said. I still think it'll be Gavin Grusom. But we'll see. And hopefully, and I really, truly mean this, I hope I couldn't possibly be more wrong. But with the right kind of third-party candidates that would drain more votes from Trump than Biden, of course, the left, the Democrats, are going to want to do that. Keep in mind, 1992, Bill Clinton won, right? Bill Clinton won the presidency with only 43% of the vote. And how did he do it? Ross Perot drained 19% of the vote the great bulk of it coming from will drain the Republican Party of a lot of votes. He got 19% total, the great majority of which came from Republicans. It's the same strategy. Nothing there has really, really changed. And interestingly, the South Carolina Republicans, I'll get to the latest primary here in a minute. Um, It's amazing that she got so trounced in her own state, which we covered before, But the left keeps trying to say that the young people are going for Haley. And the young people are going for anybody other than Trump or Biden. The fact of the matter is South Carolina students overwhelmingly disliked Nikki Haley and overwhelmingly supported 
Donald Trump. It is a, uh, I saw a poll the other day, I don't remember which one it was. There's one I respect, there's a lot I don't, that said that the growth of support between 18 and 35-year-olds for Donald Trump is amazing. And it's for one reason. One reason only. Because they agree with anything policy perspectives is his, not in particular. But that age group is old enough to know that things were better, much better under Donald Trump than Joe Biden. We're back to the, you know, are you the Ronald Reagan? Are you better off now than you were four years ago? Uh, when he ran for re-election. Are you, yeah, and the answer was yes. Yeah, the answer was yes. He were they, People were better off. It was kind of the Bill Clinton, it's the economy stupid kind of a thing, which it really shouldn't be because the economy is what does move most people, but the economy is ultimately a reflection of policy, and policy is a reflection of principle and, frankly, Scripture. Whole nother program, which I can't, don't have time to get into today. So, I want to finish up Haley here with I hope, and I hope my finishing her up today after the Michigan primary, which I'm thrilled that she got destroyed in my home state. I hope this is the last we have to discuss her. But something needs to be pointed out. It seems like it's obvious. But it isn't being pointed out. She continues to say to this day that people need a choice. People need to have a clear choice. And that's not Biden and it's not Trump. He says over 70% of the people don't like him. And she's there to offer the clear choice. Well, this is kind of an interesting statement. Because the fact of the matter is, people have had a choice. Right? They've had a choice. People had a choice, Nikki, baby, in Iowa. And they didn't choose you. People had a choice, Nikki, in New Hampshire. And they didn't choose you. They had a choice in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Not a lot of candidates for Trump, but he got them all. And they didn't choose you, Nikki. The people had a choice both in the caucuses and in the primary, Nikki, in Nevada. And they didn't choose you. The people had a choice, Nikki, baby, in Michigan. And they overwhelmingly didn't choose you you. So this whole nonsense about you got to continue to give people a choice. People need a choice. People have had a choice. One, two, three, four, five times. You see, you can't win a state even with the rhinos voting for you and as it was in Michigan and Nevada, you couldn't win it with Democrats crossing over to vote for you, which was encouraged by Democrats, 
Joe doesn't need your vote. Go vote for Nikki Haley in the Republican primary. Now, the state's coming up. You can't do this flip-flopping like that. So what does she want? So she loses the first one in Iowa. So she's thinking, well, you know what? How about best out of three? But then she loses New Hampshire. Well, how about three out of five, best out of five? Well, we've had five. She's lost them all. What's she going to go for? The best of seven? You keep giving people choices, and they keep choosing someone else. Well, they keep rejecting you, and they keep rejecting you in record numbers. You're not the heir apparent to Donald Trump. If something happens to Donald Trump, guess what, Nikki, baby? There's not a single Trump voter that's going to support you. You will go, if Trump is for some reason cannot, whether it's for legal reasons, health reasons, the left assassinates him, Nikki Haley thinks she's going to go from number two to number one. Nikki Haley will go to number from number two to last to anyone else. In fact, Christy Noam and Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy are tied in the CPAC poll for vice presidential choices to Donald Trump. No one in any of the conservative polls is picking Nikki Haley to be Trump's VP. Now, he won't have her. She says she won't do it, and I'm sure she won't, because she can say that because she knows she won't get picked. But if you are not anywhere on the spectrum of all the Republican candidates for VP or possibilities for vice president, if you are dead last, in fact, you're not even on the radar, how would you be the heir apparent to assume the mantle of the Republican nominee for president if Trump couldn't do it? Sheesh. Well, okay, I'm going to jump through some things here pretty fast. I hope I get to my end report. I got to real fast. Okay, I'm not a macroevolutionist, but if I could use the word Neanderthal, it would fit Judge Enger on the one who hates Trump so much with a smirking face, decides to give him a penalty uh, in the New York case of $354 million, where there's nobody hurt, there are no victims, nobody was out anything. In fact, everybody who supposedly was a victim actually wants to continue to do business with Trump because we got a, ca- we got a kangaroo court in the New York City, which might just be Babylon. The more I read scripture, uh, wants him done and gone. But who is this judge, Arthur Engeron? Leave it to James O'Keefe. Project Veritas Emeritus, he's X. He's out of that, but he's doing the he is doing the journalistic investigative reporting that nobody on the left has got the cojones or the morals to do. So he uses a hidden camera. He goes into Engeron's gym in uh called the Equinox in Great Neck, New York. He records Engeron and what the people in there are saying about him. And what do they say about him? They say about Engeron, the self-absorbed Trump hater, that he creeps. These are the words of the girls there. He's creeping girls 
out. He's hitting on them all the time. Here's one. Quote, an insider where the judge works out at Equinox also recorded Judge Ingeron creeping girls out. Ingeron, they said, does this every visit each morning. And then the video shows a woman using a machine, clearly annoyed and gesturing, 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 gesturing. I don't even know what that means, but it doesn't sound good. Gesturing with her hands for Engeron to back off. Engeron, this is what he is. He's a perv. The Gateway Pundit says when he shows up there, he shows up wearing revealing sweatpants with no underwear. This is the guy who's levied the $354 million fine. And he enjoys, apparently, his uh, his life enough that apparently, he, well, I don't know, I just, the guy's a perv. Absolutely. Complete pervert. And then we get to no-brainers like <sighs> Yellen. Oh, my gosh. This this woman, Secretary Janet Yellen, is contending that and is urging world leaders to unlock the frozen Russian central bank assets to send them to the Ukraine. It amounts to three hundred billion, I should add. Three hundred billion in frozen Russian central bank assets, primarily domiciled, if you will, located in the EU, and take them and give them to Ukraine. And I want to just throw something out here. Yellen just Yellen there is nothing honest or intelligent about this woman. She looks like an affirmative, I mean, is she an equity hire? Equity being just another word for affirmative action? Well, no, she's white, so she doesn't fit that. But she seems to be plugging something, filling something that somebody needs, like the DEI hires, to fulfill some sort of quota. But let me give you this example. Let's suppose you borrow $500 from a friend, a neighbor, a relative. But it turns out you actually don't like what your friend, your relative, your neighbor is doing or has done to somebody else. What if you don't like it? So instead of paying your friend, relative, or neighbor back the 500 bucks that you legally owe them, you decide to give somebody who you think has been taken advantage of by your friend, relative, or neighbor, you decide to just go give them the 500 bucks. Hey, you know what? Nuts with your nuts with the guy you actually, you owe the money to who you, or that you gate, I'm sorry, you, that you borrowed it from, you owe them 500 bucks back, but you decide on your own, like Janet Yellen, this little munchkin moron who's a Federal Reserve Chairman, Treasury Secretary, I'm sorry, Treasury Secretary, 
that she can encourage others to not give Russia back their own money and give it to the Ukraine. Man, I'll tell you, Ramaswamy just simply continues to nail it as to why we should. Ramaswamy is teaching Trump the position he should take on the Ukraine. Chicago. I love this story. This should be uh, this should be in my good news. But it wasn't. It's a Caucasian police officer in Chicago who is partly Egyptian. But he's claiming that he is transracial. Um, and the reason he's supporting transracial is because he wants to be a DEI hire. Right? He wants to be some race other than Caucasian because it's going to mean the difference between a job or no job, promotion or no promotion, because that's what equity is, is means it's affirmative action on steroids. It means that you get uh, priority, you get promotions, and you get pay raises, none of which have been earned, all of, for the sake of some other goal. I mean, I can say this because, what, 77% of blacks don't support reparations, don't support the DEI crapola. It's whites that push it. It's whites that primarily push the diversity and the divisiveness of the races. If I can divide them, the Dems say, I can keep them on the plantation. But I said this about six years ago, five or six years ago. I said, gosh, you know what would be kind of neat? Oh, but, uh, why, why not claim to be transracial? And I'm really black. I identify with black. Hey, I could prove it based on all my record collection, which is predominantly Motown and other um, hard soul music out of the Deep South, all of which I love. I still play and love it. You've got, I use some of the songs on the air here. Could I claim that? Well, people say, well, no, 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 no. But I'll see in Chicago, you can claim to be a woman if you're a guy. So that's why he's suing is because the Chicago Police Department now allows you to identify as a woman if you're a, or identify as a guy if you're a female. I want to be a guy, or I want to be this, or I want to be that. So, hey, if you can do this, then why can't I just be transracial instead of transgendered? They say, no, you can't do that because it's not obvious. You know what? If we had these trannies just pull their pants down, I hate to say it this crudely, we could make we could show how obvious it is uh, what uh, sex they are. It's really just as easy as uh, describing the degree of melatonin in a person's skin. Yes? Agree? No? Well, whatever. Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to get to what I wanted to get to. I'm going to have to save it. <sighs> I'm sorry. I I had I and I don't really want to get into all of the illegals that are committing crimes. It's pretty obvious that we've let in a bunch that are no good nicks. People uh, like one part party has said who's in the know is very very clear. It's obvious that Venezuela has emptied out its prisons. So we've got the the we got the pedophilia. We've got the execution of the nursing student. There's crime going on all over. It's skyrocketing among two particular groups of people, which the media will not 
reveal. One, illegals, like I forgot who the demon crat was on uh, MSNBC, who said you cannot take Lakin's uh, execution down in Georgia. You can't take one case and ascribe it to the illegal alien problem. And you know what? I would agree. But because they can't ignore Lake and Riley, they can't, they have had to deal with it. And the only way they can deal with it is by saying that she's an exception. And what did ABC come out and say? It wasn't really the illegal's fault. No, it was Lake and Riley's fault because, after all, women should know that they shouldn't go out in the early morning hours, in the early morning, not meaning 2 a.m., meaning 6 a.m., and shouldn't go running, shouldn't go jogging. It's her fault because she was not running in a safe area at a safe time. Do you realize how sexist that ABC has become? ABC is taking a classic misogynistic argument to make Lake and Riley at fault and let off the illegal. When in reality, what they don't talk about, and I got a stack of them here, I just don't have time, about the pedophiles, the other murders, the beatings, the killings. They don't want to talk about those, but they couldn't ignore Lake and Riley's execution. It's just simply too public. So what does the stinky rat hole mainstream media do? They try to shift it around and put the blame on her. She's somehow just not bright enough that she should not be going out jogging. You know what? I wonder how many left-wing media tards are running in the morning in New York City and other places. Or they have they gotten the drift? No, I can't focus the finger and put the blame on those who are really to blame. So I'll have to shut up. But I got to tell you what. I am not going to go running outside in the morning because I'm scared myself. But I'll fake it like I'm still part of the woke crowd. No, you know what I'll do? I'll go to that same Equinox uh, gym in Great Neck, New York, and um, I'll run inside. Oh, no, I can't do that because that perv, Arthur Engeron, is in there with his uh, see-through sweatpants with no underwear. And you know who the other killers are? The other ones that they do not want to talk about? We got the illegals, and then we got the trannies. I don't have time to go through that. The stack of killers, whether it's the tranny here in Portland who stabbed the cab driver, whether it's the tranny uh, in Nashville who shot up the school and killed six Christians there and, and wounded a whole bunch of others, to, I, I mean, I, I just don't have time. Trannies are unhinged. We know they're screwed up. If you want to talk gun control, don't sell guns to trannies, people who have sex change operations or pretend to be something else. Those are the two significantly rising statistical killers in the United States, illegals and your transsexuals. <sighs> Am I done? I want to finish in good news. Remember, in the end, we win. We do win. Jesus is going to return. He's going to bring his reward with him. And you better be ready and prepared, meaning doing what you can do, watching and praying to receive that reward. 
God bless you all. Remember, sit tall in the saddle, America. You ride for the brand, the brand of Jesus Christ. We'll see you next week.